Boop, and we're live. There you go. It's so simple. You just go boop, and we're live. So hello, everyone. Today, we are going to discuss Mr. Darcy from two diverse perspectives, because we both have this weird way of uh, analyzing everything to, to death. And that's what we wanted to do to Mr. Darcy, to kind of understand why this character, in spite of all the evidence, you know, is so universally loved. Like, why do we like to love this guy that is rude, that is arrogant, that represents aristocracy and all the problems with it? Like, they look down on you and they bring up class and all this. And you are like, yes, go get that girl, go get that girl. Why, why do we react like this? When in real life, if we see something like that, we are like, death to you off with your head. So why is it that Darcy escapes all of this? And we are going to discuss the various theories involved with that date. And to do the same, I have with me uh, Mel Cyril. And uh, she is Lady Mel Cyril of Deep Switch. So <laughs> I, that joke was too perfect. Like I could not use it. <laughs> so tell me, uh, Mel, how, how do you uh, perceive uh, Darcy to be and what is it? Do you like Pride and Prejudice? No? Yes? Oh, yeah. I, it's been one of my favorite books. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it's been interesting when, you know, when we first spoke about doing this and, and going, yeah. oh, come on, what do I think of the character through, you know, the lens of life right now compared to back as an impressionable child and um, young adult and everything because I've read the book multiple times mm -hmm. and watched the BBC series multiple times, watched the film all that. Yeah. 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 So, and yeah, yeah, it's been very interesting. Fantastic. So now I'm going to just directly ambush you with what I think is the reason why Darcy is so popular. Mm -hmm. I think it's confirmation bias. Okay. The way, uh, no, Anisha, the live was at 5 p.m. 5, uh, not 6. So I'm glad you made it. Anyway, so I think the reason why we love Darcy is confirmation bias because uh, Austin uses passive voice to give us this sentence and I'm going to show it to you to kind of anchor expectations for us, right? We, we start perceiving Darcy a certain way from the very first time we hear about him, right? And we become one of the busybodies of Merton. We are like those gossipy aunties who are like, wow, that guy looks so handsome. And then within five minutes, you're like, ew, that one's gross. Ignore it. It doesn't matter how much money it is. <laughs> but you know what? That was one thing that actually struck me this time round. Was, mm -hmm. um, you know, I always admired the writing style and everything. This time round, I was like, this is just like a, a gossip book, basically. It's literally yeah. just, just gossip after gossip after gossip. Yeah. So, like, my opinion on the way it was written and stuff and that but I guess that's part of why um why it pulls you in people like to talk and know things about people 
Hold on, I'll just share my screen a little bit. Uh, so that, you know, we can show people what I'm trying to say. Can you see my screen? So basically, this is what I mean. You know, we are. this is the first thing we hear about Darcy. Like Mr. Darcy soon drew the attention of the room by his fine, tall person, handsome features and noble mien. And the report which was in general circulation within five minutes after his entrance of his having 10,000 a year. The gentleman pronounced him to be a fine figure of a man. The ladies declared he was much handsomer than Mr. Bingley. And he was looked at with great admiration for about half the evening. Phil, his manners gave a disgust which tamed the tide of his popularity. The tide of his popularity. For he was discovered to be proud, to be above his company and above being pleased and not at all his large estate in Derbyshire could then save him from having a most forbidding disagreeable countenance and being unworthy to be compared to his friend. In one paragraph, okay, in one paragraph, she takes us, she literally takes us from, uh, you know, liking the character to hating it. Mm -hmm. And we don't even give this a chance. He might be shy, he might yeah. be an intro. Or your theory. Yeah, but that that's the same thing with Lizzie. Um, literally, she just takes whatever she's told, just like the reader does. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, there, there's no actual thinking, no questioning. It's like, oh, this is so, oh, oh, yeah. And, and that, that paragraph, though, it was... <laughs> About the whole, you know, oh, so much money, it made him really more attractive. They are so loud about it. But they are literally shouting it at his face. That as well, though. When when she goes to Pemberley the first time, it's like, oh, actually, oh, this page looks nice. In her, in her <laughs> head, probably going uh, that that song. No, if she was in the modern era, that song would play. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she literally probably went, I wouldn't even have to meet him. This is yeah. how big his place is. Yeah. <laughs> Just tolerate him for a few minutes a day and be like, yeah, bye. Taking a leaf out of Charlotte's book. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so my theory was confirmation bias with groupthink because we literally become one of the group people. Like we, we, we are like, uh, how, how ill-mannered. Like if you hadn't seen the movie before, uh, I saw the movie before the book, so I knew that that's not what he is. But if I had read the book before I read, saw the movie, I would have probably, you know, probably been like, why is, why is he making these weird faces? Why is he looking at people differently? Or why is he... Uh, not talking to anyone or not dancing with anyone in the ball. Mm. But then you realize, oh, this is why. He probably is shy or, you know, bring up your theory, Mel, the one you discussed with me, because I think it has merit. Which one? The neuro one. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just see so many traits there um, to do. Like, like I'm, I'm like, oh, he's so fucking awful. Sorry, don't swear on here. You say it, it. I have no problems. And <laughs> okay. I'm not popular, so LinkedIn does not monitor my content. Oh, 
okay. Um, but, Literally um, wrote about bull feces yesterday. Mm. No, but he just comes across as autistic to me. Like there, there are certain bits. Like literally, he's just he's being honest. Is one thing. He's literally saying, you know, things that other characters in the book they say about each other behind each other's backs. He's just like exactly. I'm not gonna, you know, talk behind your back kind of things. Just being honest. Um, and it's just like, oh, that's so shocking. And there was um, one line as well that I was really struck me as well. Um, what was it? Disguise of every sort is my abhorrence. And he's talking about, um, you know, pretending to be, you know, a, a nicer person to attract the person and stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you're talking about masking. Who yeah. just wants the mask? And the thing is, he, he, he's he's a rich man, and he's a man like in that era. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Regency era. <laughs> yeah. It was the man's world. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's like you know why he gets away with it, I guess, mm -hmm. um, more. But no, it's it's just it's funny because it is just. I mean, there are some things. Don't get me wrong. There are some things that you like the hell why 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 would you do that but um the underlying thing is that you know everybody who actually knows him well and like he says you know why why should i ask a stranger here in this room to dance when they all basically look like every other woman that i'm around and you know i, I said to you about um Oh, I think his sister. His name's gone out of my head right now. Like I, I actually have that this theory about that. Because all the five minute sisters, they represent the types of women in the Regency era. Right? You have Jane, perfect woman. Yeah. You have Lizzie, the unconventional women. You have Kitty and Lydia, the flirtatious women, one of whom brings ruin to the family, you know, possibly. Uh, had Darcy not intervened and you have Mary, the intellectual woman, right? It represents the four predominant shades that women existed in. And there were not many stories about the unconventional to this date. You know, we keep saying this. I'm not like other girls. You see this trope in romantic fiction. And as the story progresses, they literally are like other girls. That's yep every single time but what in my opinion okay what really separates this book from the other books is in the other books the female and the male protagonist are shown to be perfect here austin does not do that she shows lizzie is imperfect i think the entire wicker mark just shows you that and she shows us how Darcy is imperfect and that he yeah. inserted himself into the subplot of Jane and Bingley. They both made these massive mistakes and then they remedied it and acknowledged, oh, we were dumbasses. Now we're going to fix it. And in doing so, that entire slow burn of transformation happens. Both characters who we were like, you know, looking at with this biased eye. Now we are looking at them with like a well-rounded eye. And you love it. You love yeah. the but, fact that they yeah. have to do it. 
and that that I think answers the the question that you were asking about why why you know is is this character so beloved and everything and I think it literally comes back to because he's an imperfect human and it's yeah. not something like oh fairy tale kind of thing that you have to um you know it, it feels more real more attainable for the real yeah. True. But do you know what? I think LinkedIn user, that's Pritha, I think. Is it you, Pritha? She has said something which actually, like, I, I completely agree with. This is true for almost all of Austin's novel. All her protagonists have their share of follies. Mm -hmm. And exactly that's why her books, literally, despite the overt sexism and the internalized misogyny, People still read these books and they are like, yeah, there are strong female characters in here. There are strong characters in there and all of this because follies are there and acknowledged, which is like chef's kiss. Yeah. And thank you for joining us, Pritha. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say that um, there's one big thing that... Um, that for me is a letdown. Oh, you're right. In because the of the comment I laughed. My friend Anisha has said, check Jenna Moresi's comment, which is I'm not like other girls. Why does your female protagonist have a tail? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's it. Oh my God, thank you so much for the laugh. Yeah, no, the one thing that really tees me off in the whole thing is that um, she taps into something which still very much affects people to this day, um, in that he is portrayed as a saviour in the end. Mm. Um, you know, sorting everything out, finances, getting Lydia married off and everything. And it's after that that she's, you know, swung enough to accept his proposal. And I'm like, hey, you're letting everybody down here, you know, just like, and I remember, you know, when I read it as a child, it was like, oh, wow, oh, isn't that wonderful? And everything, and, you know, it just added to the story, but now it takes away from it for me. Yeah. You know, all the, it, it's not about the grand gestures, and literally, the the love story in the book um that is most feels like a love story even though it goes on in the background um is jane and charles it's, mm -hmm. um, because they actually you know spend time together and get to know each other and everything but yeah with lizzie and darcy it's um like you know they they, they barely spend time in each other's presence and you know are very much distant and awkward silence is what they them. have sorry whenever they are in the same place together they have awkward silence and witty banter mm. there's not much of getting to know the other person it's like exactly. yeah they're going book, 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 back to back yeah. and there's that you know and this also does not make sense to me but then it does make a little bit of sense to me in that when you look at real relationships this is coming from someone who's like i think the only single one in the group of like friends from where i live 
right and it is that when you hear the love story the love story is very simple they saw each other in a class and then they went out to eat somewhere and two years later they are getting married and i'm like what yeah <laughs> so it's i i think this is this is this is where you know how cynical a person is comes into play we are cynical we are like why do you pay for my meal i can pay for my own meal hmm. whereas you know some people love that they love the fact that someone put their interests over their own so it's it's yeah. it's it's to each their own really to each their own but yeah this helped me so much love the the whole interpretation of love throughout the book and throughout that era is mm. completely off anyway you know as, as we discussed about um you know that it, it was women's basically their only option pretty much unless they um somehow um inherited yeah um some money um they they had to rely on getting married to be looked after or be a burden to their family so and as awful as this sounds you know this trend continues to this date as well a little bit because yeah, yeah in some on property papers you have to put the name of a man your father's name or your spouse's name or on some medical card like if you want to say for instance donate your egg or donate is the wrong word freeze your egg you have to put the name of a male why would i put the name of a flipping male while freezing my own eggs you know but this is it the so, the social structure has internalized certain practices oh, that weeding them out is going to take some time you know yeah well it's like um reading this time around um being so far removed now from the very strict and patriarchal uh religious upbringing that i had it's like it's it's easy for me to see why it was like oh it's such a great love story because you know this is what is was being told at home and um everything is like you know it's your goal to grow up and be a good wife to somebody and be subservient and all of this kind of thing yeah um and it's like i think always thinking so how do you do that when you're fiercely independent and basically come into compromise well it's been in my case <laughs> with me getting married um until yeah Yeah, see, Pritha brings up something amazing, and in my blog about the Darcy phenomena, I have mentioned this Pritha love-hate relationships, because we love to read these love-to-hate stories, and this is it. Ah, uh, sorry, hate-to-love stories. Like people hate each other, and then boom, just like that, they fall in love. Like one inciting incident, and they fall in love. I, I think that feeds into the whole like opposites attract bullshit. like you know yeah like, opposites attract different people love each other more deep, deeply yeah, all the cliches on in the tub yeah so that's but, true yeah, that's yeah. true something that I, i don't know the name of the linkedin user but um saying about the awkward silence occasional banter when when i was watching um the bbc series um 
last time round. I oh my god. <laughs> I'm just like like it's it's and obviously it's the acting, it's Colin Firth, God's place and everything, but it is this the, the energy and the tension and just like the whole ooh. It doesn't matter what your head's thinking, like, you know, ooh, everywhere else is like, hello. And it's 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 the hormones. It's yeah, it is insane. That is so many movies, isn't it, Miri? Exactly. Like it's it's a formula that works because I think it. This is something Aaron Sorkin said in his master class, which is uh, he gave this advice based off of Aristotle's Poetics. Aristotle says this that for every successful dramatic story, you should have intention and obstacle, right? And with love-hate relationships. the intention and obstacle is so simple it's like they hate each other that's that's the obstacle right there and the intention is oh they stop hating each other they boink peepees or something i don't know what <laughs> <laughs> love and then boop boop <laughs> so yeah that's it it it's just it's so interesting how basically it all the um yeah sexual tension too um every person i have hated mel i have wanted to smack not be like mm, come on <laughs> i don't know how these love hate relationships work for real cuz every fiber of your being is like get away from me yeah but 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 what remains unchanging throughout the the whole story is that he's still this person who comes across as rude um has said some very questionable questionable um things um you know is very much imperfect and everything yeah. but it's it's the attract well how it's portrayed is the the attraction of um the Oh, he's he he was the good guy in the situation with Wickham initially with his sister. Um, that kind of like sparks like, oh well, maybe I was wrong. But then basically, the rest of it is to do with money, power, you know, all of that. Which this is like, oh okay, well that's that's fine. I changed my mind about how rude you were and everything, you know. literally when lizzie sees pemberley i'm having like that that hamilton song running through my head which is like lord why did i say no to this oh why did i say not <laughs> because at this point he had proposed to her and she was like yeah yeah even if you are the last man on earth yeah, yeah. and then yeah, she's laughing in the series like to think that I could have actually Kiara Knightley acts this out Kiara Knightley acts this out perfectly in that she's laugh crying okay like you can see it in her face uh, in that, that regrets a long time i don't remember regrets her yeah. face literally says regrets because it's oh my god because it it is about wealth regency era this book was published late no sorry not late 1811 to 1830 and my blog is going to have a detailed analysis of this okay darcy according to everyone in that stupid room confirmed by wickham is making 10000 pounds a year 
now that he is making at least meaning it is adjusted according to arrears there are many people who have probably not paid rent in a while and the servants at pemberley are letting you know that he is a benevolent master meaning he has forgiven a lot of people for being late on rent yeah add to the fact that he comes from a legacy family he has so much property this is a literal museum in his house yeah freaking library okay like a gorgeous library yeah a museum generations that's generational wealth one thing which we all skip over while reading this book he's a landowner meaning dude definitely has plantations i e slaves mm. so he has cheap labor as well and again early half of the 18th century of the regency era when inflation was getting really really high rich dudes were getting richer right this is what caused the class issue so he was matlab making so much money at least 16000 pounds is what i calculated based on some documents and stuff that i found all of this will be linked to a blog which i have not been able to complete before i went live but i will share the blog tomorrow in my posts so look forward to that so he's making 16000 pounds a year plus investments because this is when industrial revolution has started so this dude is safely a double digit millionaire by today's standards per year yeah so yeah. if jeff bezos knocked at your door with his megalomania and plastic surgery and everything and he is like i love you you rude fluffy looking woman what would you say marry me please jeff bezos i don't care i want your billions no thank you <laughs> i mean see this is it mel it's so simple to say no to this because these prospects have never appeared in our life yeah okay yeah. Oh, if this no seriously no i i am telling you it's like in like poverty <laughs> books like books like pride and prejudice 50 shades of gray and so many other i i i know i put two very different books in the same bracket oh, but mary brought up a comment I'm talking about the same as well. I'll let her post it. But I, yeah, you might say something in that. It's it's yeah. about it boils down to wealth. We somehow are empathetic to wealthy people. It's so weird. Like there's this joke in India where if Christian Grey does it, it's Fifty Shades of Grey. If I do it, I being a normal man, it's Crime Patrol. Crime Patrol is like a TV series that runs regularly over here. where they show actual criminal events yeah. where uh, people are put behind bars mm-hmm. so the joke being that if what christian gray did to a normal woman if he was not christian gray he'd be in jail yeah. which makes sense is he's talking her he's looking at her creepy he's you know as a uh, <laughs> going around fixing her problems for her without asking her you know yeah. it's it's we look past all of this because oh he loves her but then should we that's the question should we rationalize that i don't really know but then i do love the fact that they end up together 
which is like you know such a weird phenomena because you are judging the plot but then you are loving the plot at the same time yeah okay anisha has something to say which is what pad also promotes these tropes the ust the love hate relationship yeah it's it's because you know the intention obstacle thing is so simple with love hate so we've discussed one thing which is we've discussed uh, three things which is you know one being darcy probably had social anxiety or you know had some neurodivergency he might be shy he was not rude and like people were actually being rude mm. he was being gawked at and talked about and he's like awkward potato activated probably <laughs> so that's one thing yep. this group think involved so our bias is now anchored to the fact that lizzie is amazing and darcy is a brute and then the plot progresses and we get more instances of darcy being a jerk when he you know kind of sticks his leg between jane and pingley uh, then wickham comes in play and adds all these lies in the mix and now our anchored bias is confirmed that darcy is a jerk like just like lizzie we believe wickham don't we yeah this this was one of the things though that uh, really got to me um in his his proposal remember when charlie did the same as mr gray miri is asking you are you talking about it's always sunny um, i have no I, idea i can't remember it's I, I, if if you are talking about Charlie, I mean with the waitress when he disappeared and like her life just went for complete S H I T, um, like making her think that you know he was looking after her when he was actually getting um someone else to do things. Oh, I can't explain it. It's, bad. it's okay. It's okay. Um, Anyway, um, while we wait for all the comments, um, yeah, in in his proposal to her, he's like, um, you know, I'm I'm going against my better judgment and um, alleviate my suffering and become my wife, and it's like, yeah, but, but, but literally, but also, what 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 got me was that it's like, okay, you've decided that. that the family is not good enough for your friends but you're you're begrudgingly going to lower yourself to mm. marry her it's like yeah. oh yeah yeah what <laughs> she said yes this is this is actually why i like the movie more mel because if you look at the movie the scene where it's raining okay and you have nightly and mcfaden and you know that entire scene is happening she looks so offended at his proposal whereas in the bbc series she has no expression i'm like dude he is literally shitting on your family he is literally shitting on you and you are like um even if you are the last man so that this that scene and when darcy walks to her in like a disheveled appearance in the end these two scenes are why i prefer the movie more than the bbc one not the actors and the acting but like two scenes that work for me better because you know it helped me understand the character like see the transformation 
because ultimately i think the reason why we love darcy in spite of all the evidences that transformation he transforms from brute to all such a fluffy little bay <laughs> yeah and the, oh god colin first puppy dog eyes oh my god i don't know what it is men like this are both <laughs> yeah exactly because he literally creates the problem in in you know kind of triggering lizzy in the first place the inciting incident when she finds out that oh he is the reason why bingley has started ignoring jane and then he fixes it like dude you could oh, have no. not oh he's you he, the dennis system being used as far back as 1811 or whatever <laughs> And, and then women get accused of being great gossips right i'm like do you know how deep guy talk goes the kind of smack that men talk about women behind their back is equivalent to what women do to men behind theirs you know gossip is pretty universal in that regard yeah. you can't put a gender on it nice because every time we hear the prospect of a gossip we go <laughs> yeah yeah miri is laughing yeah we are laughing too miri because you know what else can you do there's there's no dasis knocking on our door who we can be like mm, go away or anything of that i guess this is fairly clever when it comes down to yeah it. she fell in love with wickham that negated that premise very quickly yeah but like literally <coughs> moving into her giant spacious cage with a lovely lovely library to hide in yeah i mean this is this is what we were planning to do with one book right we were planning to dissect all the great love stories and one thing that is very very common in great love stories is the protagonists are dead by the end of the book so to speak you know all the legendary ones romeo juliet hir ranja etc etc globally uh uh what is it this one the one who went into hell and brought his wife back uh, orpheus and i'm forgetting his wife's name then there's izanagi izanami so many examples like one thing in common is they die way before they are supposed to because mm. yeah love is do you know what going to blind you that, a little bit that that is literally what um what makes those and you know we we were talking about pierce i love you so well the same yeah, yeah. that is the fact that the person gets frozen in time <clears throat> and the opinion elevated in status like it it doesn't actually play out as in real life you know it's just like this massive thing and yeah I, i'm not explaining it well but um no i think you are right the perception it's the perception it just amplifies what you know would have just been a normal love story that probably ended and tears and ruin and everything along the way but yeah it's just amplified by 
death and oh it the the rest never happened so in our minds like the rest would have been magnificent yeah confirmation bias i'm telling you it is such a strong manipulation tool and writers have been guilty of abusing the shit out of confirmation bias for centuries and it works because it is so brilliant it is so invasive you don't even realize that it is you know kind of anchoring your opinion to some very like suspect ideologies so to speak right so i i think the one thing that really really is amazing about austin is she creates this uh this scape of characters like charlotte lucas someone we both actually like cuz she's yeah. honestly spitting <laughs> out facts going uh, yeah badly she's, she's like she's literally like if uh, i'm i'm going to lay out the terms for my my cage mhm <laughs> and when when this yeah. visits um and she's explaining and like oh yes and he goes he goes out a lot of which i i do encourage <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just like literally making it work for her she knows her lot in life and that she can't change the fact that she's going to have she's like practicality then if like, level yeah, love she's a stupid one i can just manipulate and just yeah that's that's actually i'll tell you something i don't know whether i've told you this but this was an advice given to me by someone older in my family because like i'm 27 or 28 you know i don't know depends on what platform i enter my age uh, my birth date in some people some platforms say i'm 27 years old some say i'm 28 years old i don't know i was born in 93 that's all i know so i'm i'm you're 28 this year <laughs> rapidly approaching that age where uh, yeah. you know asian women become useless so to speak yeah. if they are not married you know according to some uh, to a section of society that still believes in convention and all that so family is like get married otherwise you know nobody will nobody will admit you or agree with you and i'm like oh, why does why is that important yeah so while this all was happening one comes at me with brilliant advice she is like don't look at education educated men are difficult to manipulate go for the stupidest richest guy and i was like how can you say this how can you say this about someone you have to ideally spend your life with and these women were all married and i was like oh my god are they poor husbands yeah it's like stuff like that it's like you know love, love doesn't exist for these people like the 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 thought of it i think i i do think that it even well even and especially in this day and age um what we thought is is love is not love you know mm. it's 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 very toxic I think the 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 ideals and things that we're told about it and what it should look like. Yeah. You know? It's like it's in 
to most people, I think it's conditional and right. has expectations and attachments to outcomes and stuff. And it's like, no, how, how can you live that way? No, it's how can you live that way? I know, right? But yeah, so I, I, I just see to here is where we go to each their own. Don't have to go and get married or get married again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We are, we are. No, I, I was going to say we are lucky, but no, we were very, very unlucky back then. It could always be the way that you don't have to rely on else. Yeah. So bringing it back to pride and prejudice, I think my point of transformation is that why we love Darcy, why we love Lizzie is they both see things about each other. And in a way, they both make each other better because they are both equally prideful and prejudiced, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Because Lizzie is, I think, quicker to judge than Darcy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. Darcy is more pre more prideful than Lizzie, given his social standing and everything. So, mm -hmm. when they are both away from each other, these these characteristics are kind of highlighted you know they are highlighted very predominantly but somehow when they come together in the sense when they are working together especially when the whole Vikram and Lydia thing happens and uh, she has just seen Pembley and she has had that oh, oh whatever chance I had with Darcy is now fucked because my sister has brought eternal ruin on my family yeah. So this is what she's thinking and then she finds out it was actually Darcy who went and you know kind of fixed everything without being told to, without expecting yeah. any credit for yeah. it or whatever. She, she thought that she was never going to see him again. Yeah, she thought she was never going to see him again and not only does she see him again, he is the one who actually like you know uh, saves her family's reputation, something that he was so critical about when he asks her to marry yeah. her the first time. So I think this is what was the transform moment of transformation for Darcy's character for me. Because, because okay, have you seen Frozen 2 yet? No. Um, I can't do spoilers then. But Christoph, look out for what Christoph does with Anna, okay? Uh, in the movie, we'll discuss this later on. But basically like Christoph is trying to propose to Anna throughout the full film and he fails because you know comedic timing and everything this is not a spoiler this is implied in the trailer and everything yeah this is exactly what I see happen in Pride and Prejudice as well like when the moment came the the protagonist put aside everything and just went to help the person with the intention what do you need me to do and he did it right yeah. he was not required to she was not required to like like when georgiana is being uh talked to about wicked by mrs bing by miss bingley mm. lizzie just goes to protect her this is when she was critical of darcy right yeah. but she just goes to protect his sister she was not required to but she does it because yeah. yep. she she just, you know, what do you need from me? That line. Yep. Without any expectations, they just do it. Yep. I think them together, that transformation that they both have, 
together. I think that is what works for Darcy a lot in making him an enduring character. Yeah. Because of how freaking slow. The, grand, the, the grandness of the gesture as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the fact that, you know, he's handsome, he's rich, he's socially superior. The implications of all of this and the practicality of this falling in love with this guy. I think mm. it makes sense in every way possible. Right? Doesn't it? Because with Lizzie marrying Darcy and with Jane marrying Bingley and with Lydia already shipped off to Wickham, uh, the other two sisters now have better prospects because, you know, the other three have ended up with somebody of some repute. Yeah, yeah. and the other two very good yeah. standing. Yeah. Thank you. So it makes sense. I mean, I can see, I can see the, to quote another book of Austin, I can see the sense and sensibility mm. of this choice. Oh, that was such, yeah. so bad. That was so bad. But I was like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> so bad, it's good. Oh my God, Miri. We do secretly love grand gestures because on my last birthday, uh, Mel's gift arrived in my house and I lost my shit because nobody gives me gifts in my real life. People just assume I have money and she only gives gifts. She's good for gift giving. She's not good for sending gifts too. And then Mel sends me her gifts and I'm like, mm, somebody sent me a gift after so long and then even oh, Sudeshna sent something. Me. I, Exactly. And then Sudeshna also sent me something and I'm like, for the first time in so many years, yeah. two people have given me a birthday gift and you guys did that birthday Zoom for me at night. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not as unlovable as I thought. <laughs> we do love grand gestures. I think we do. Because yeah. I think everyday humans are treated like... like oh, we, into something that me and Miri were talking about actually um, to do with grand gestures um, this, is, this is literally what we were saying Miri about the, the whole um, um, the emotions behind it the emotions that we want invoked you know what, what emotions um, promote well-being in us and what we tend to do in life is to think, oh, I've got to do the next big thing or receive mm. the next big thing so right. that I can feel that way. When actually, when you think about the feelings and emotions in general, mm. they can be obtained in any manner of situations. And like, yeah. it, it, it's finding, um, like, I'm still referring to the book here, like not relying on you know these these grand gestures <clears throat> and the savior complex and everything um and you know all the money to have a comfortable life and stuff that is that's where you know the the rose tinted glasses come on i think where it's like you know lust being um 
distracting us and making us think, oh, that it's love. Mm. It's about control, I think. And it's not about the big moments in a relationship. It's about finding the joy and the satisfaction and comfort and Mm. love and everything in the everyday moments. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's probably for another life. (laughs) With Miri. You moved, Anisha. You moved. I have sent the thing to your old address. I don't think the postal system is broken. I think it's going to come back to me. Yours did I come back to me. Mine. <laughs> Yours has come back to me. <laughs> the stuff made it to Kent, so but it didn't come to you. Oh, I'm like, no. So annoying. But I'm like, ah, no point now. Now we wait for the, the proper things to open up because it's literally getting lost. I have had one mail, literally, I live in street number five. My friend lives in street number 33. She was like, I want a letter. Can you send me one? I was like, sure. I sent her a letter in May 2020. Yeah. She is just a few, few meters away from me, literally. She still hasn't got it. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, coming coming to the to the thing that you just mentioned about the savior complex. I I, I think that is that do you think it was the savior complex that you know makes her fall in love? Because I don't think that oh, No, 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 no. Like <clears throat> there are things along the way that um you know <coughs> tip the scales okay towards starting to go towards <clears throat> in his favor but that is right. that is what she writes as the thing that <clears throat> literally like like you know it's after that that the proposal is accepted and everything it's, it's like the fight the uh, i don't know how to describe it Oh my God, Mel, I just found out a new feature of LinkedIn. What? Look at what my banner looks like. My banner is our live. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh my God, you're literally... Oh, really? Yeah, because we I are both... going to be like a glitchy face like that or something. <laughs> no, no, it's moving because we are both moving. Yay, that was nice. That was good to know that, you know, one of my nicest friends is going to be on my LinkedIn banner. For a few hours. <laughs> but no, the back to the savior thing. It is it's literally if you look at like like so many love stories, it is. It's about, you know, either somebody wanting slash needing to be saved mm. or a person wanting to be the savior. And mm. it's just like that is such an unhealthy thing. Okay, I have book recommendations for you right now. Yeah. Two books you have to read. They are by an author called Madeline Miller, Circe and Song of Achilles. Okay? Okay. These books, oh my God, for the first time, I have love stories that are not about want and need. It is just an aspect of the life of the characters. With Song of Achilles, it's, it's more of a from the start to the end, but then still it's not like 
needing something is what defines the two characters and their journey together it's mm. that that book is so devastating like song of achilles tears you to shreds okay with the way that the story tells and it's actually the perfect book to read during pride month and uh, then it picks up the pieces and sews them back together it's brilliant i'm not even kidding because so oh my god it's so beautiful that book itself though both of those books, but I, if you know discussing those books will involve lots of spoilers then there's no point asking someone to read them again so yeah i'll i won't discuss those books but i'll go about those books yeah as i need to okay miri has a share for us uh, once i was talking to a friend about how i wouldn't buy gluten free cake because it was 3 pounds and an hour later i saw he had put 3 pounds in my bank account and you know that was the sweetest grand gesture it's not about the money i it's about the feeling yeah yeah it's about the feel it's always about the feelings i think this is what we forget while doing the day to day life thing like what our action can have as a consequence to other person yeah like we were relatively new yeah. friends back then i you sent me a present and yeah. it was like oh my god the same feeling i had then because it's like yeah not not only did she send me a present she sent me something i would never own on my own because yeah. you knew i don't that buy much my mission that was my mission <laughs> it's all the feeling so it it's it's so it's 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 about the feelings it's always about the feelings and it's like the more we put that into perspective while living our life personal, i think that's also what gets it isn't it like not just some random thing or whatever it's specific to you know for well with my package your interest um and you know a love how you got there but like you know with Mary and the free hands and um um for for the thing you know that would make her day better but literally was nothing to him free food that was everything for her and but it this is the thing though that and most of the characters in that book are literally chasing the feelings through the grander gesture kind of thing rather than focusing mm-hmm. on like i don't need to be chasing this like this should i think you are absolutely right daily life i did think that i wish i had someone who'd fix my problem because literally yeah <laughs> If I had seen 10,000 pounds from time to time I can't remember what the last thing was but um it's like we don't need anyone to save us and you know it's like men don't seem to like that they want to be needed and I I I don't think it's just about but you know then, then we have our moments so we're like I need saving right now in this moment <laughs> but not not in general just like you know it would be so good if somebody could just come and Take the kids and let me have a nap. That kind of saving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Not agreed. Stuff, 
I'm like, I am going to break. This is just, this is just me pointing. <laughs> you just like literally, sorry, you just like just made me ponder there. It's like lug, lugging your luggage. Sorry, carry on. My, my so, brain gets distracted. It's okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm carrying a lot of luggage, okay? And I'm like, oh my God, this is, uh, I, I can't. That was the first and last time I packed the way my parents recommend packing. Now I pack very easily. <laughs> essentials only type of packing i'm i'm absolutely getting shattered and this random dude helped me by pulling my bag down i was like thank you thank you kind sir thank you so much i don't care about feminism right now thank yeah. you for helping me with my luck yeah because seriously it's very very momentous but we do chase that feeling. We do need, like, we all, whether you are a Darcy or a Lizzie or a Jane or a Pingley or even a Wickham, you need help in life. You know, we do need help in life. And when it comes to you in the form of such a grand gesture, you're like, oh, I wish this was a part of my life. This would solve so much for me. Or I would feel blah, blah, blah if this happened to me. And I think that works for the character yeah but then also like on the flip side with grand gestures and stuff that that can sometimes put um ex i don't think expectation is the right idea um what's the word and owing is not the right word but uh what is it ah, you you feel like indebted to somebody indebted yeah <clears throat> Which you know with these, you know, um, in in this yes. story and everything, it's like, well, is it, you know, it's hard not to um, to. Miri has said it. By the grand gesture. Hundred oh. percent freedom comes with hundred percent responsibility. Yep. Absolutely. If you Absolutely. if you give away a little bit of the freedom, you are as you mentioned indebted to someone. Yep. Even if it's a friend, you know you feel like oh they helped me when I was down. Now I have to help them when they are down. Even if I don't have an iota of time, <laughs> so you yeah. feel indebted. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's not you and me, and not me and Mary either. Whatever way the triangle goes, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. true love. That's true love. <laughs> that's true love, and that's the blessings of potato net because, <laughs> which is why I'm in the park here today. Um, yes, so I love the fact that you're in a park. Bail out, my, bail out my dinghy. That was part of the reason that I was late. I had to bail the dinghy out, row to the mainland, get in the car, drive in traffic, get to the park to have a reliable internet connection. No, it looks like you are sitting in Darcy's estate, so it works out. I'm sitting in my <laughs> This entire wall, you know, back in the day, used to be books, like lots and lots of books, because I also had uh, Elizabeth Bennet Dreams, which is own a lovely library. And then I had to clean that Thing. And there were so many tears because mm. pick all the books, put them in the sun, 
brush them, spray them with bug spray, then arrange them back. And you're like, yeah, this kind of stuff only happens. Maintaining this kind of stuff only happens if you are Darcy level rich and you yeah. can ask someone <laughs> to take care of things for you. If you have to do things on your own, it's like, yeah, Kindle, this is it. This is my library. Yep. Oh, my light went out. Oh, yeah. And my light came back. Let's change the color. Yes. Because that yellow light makes my pupils die. Oh, it went out again. Well, uh, don't complain about my lighting. People message me about my lighting. I'm like, oh, how can we get the sun inside? You know, I can't. Because if I open my windows, lizards and snakes and everything also come inside along with the sun. And I know I can't. Sorry. <laughs> These days, there's a monitor lizard baby that's that's like trying desperately to get inside. I'm like, you have the full garden. You can live everywhere, but you want to live in my house. Why? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, coming to the Bennett's again, uh, sorry, coming to Darcy again, uh, we have discussed the transformation, we have discussed uh, his perception, we have discussed his wealth, okay? We have discussed the strategic placement of Lizzie. We have discussed the social structure of the time. Do you think anything is left in determining why Darcy is such a ah, Darcy? Because literally the way Darcy was written has has in no has inspired so many other novels, uh, so many interpretation of male characters in other novels. Because now the winning formula is rich, handsome, uh, and acts standoffish but has a heart of gold. Yeah, I think basically yeah that the last thing that you said I think ties into what I was going to say, but I think that um, basically um, towards the end and by the end um, your like part of your emotional investment is in um, well it, it starts I think um, well it doesn't start but it's confirmed for me uh, when his sister says to Lizzie, um, my brother never exaggerates, he only tells the truth. Nice. Um, and, you know, obviously you've seen truth in stuff before, um, yeah. but that really kind of taps back into what I was saying. I think it's just honest. But, um, but the, the emotional investment in it, um, in him, hmm. comes from, like, I think that... Um, we want people to be truthful to us, yeah. and especially, you know, if, if, it, if it's people we love and are going to be living with for the rest of your life or whatever, you want them to be truthful, even if, even if we aren't truthful ourselves or whatever and everything. It's like, you know, that, that's an important thing, you yeah. know, um, being um, transparent. That's the thing, transparency. Because, you know, with 
love and relationships but and so many just game playing and manipulation and everything you know like we touched on before um yeah. what you were saying about in real life and you know the the relationships in these books in this book sorry um so that kind of I, kind of purifies his character a bit i think like that she knows that he would never lie to her and you know what she sees is exactly what she's going to get yeah i think that's it what she sees is what she's going to get that is the best part and given the era she's in the good which and is the bad <laughs> no surprises that's why <laughs> because people show something and are something else like say mr collins right i'm pretty sure he was the one who betrayed uh, lizzie to lady catherine de bourg right and the he is he is so duplicitous like the the way he talks and the actor from the bbc series that's mr perfect mr collins like the way like he looks oh, yeah yes yeah. oh like you can feel like you can feel your skin crawling he also than you do reading it in the book yeah he's he does such a good job with this yeah like that point of no means and this is other thing like darcy i think is one of the first instances of romantic characters from that era that i have seen where no actually meant no yes he, oh my god oh oh yes oh the whole mr collins thing with that oh i think we briefly discussed that it was we did we did and i said how you know he didn't hear the no as a young adult i just you know would read it kind of half horrified but just laughing at the 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 audacity but now it's like oh my god the audacity and not in a funny way just like you that's an entitlement and he's oh, she was god. his cousin okay first of all you are perving on your cousin yeah and then saying that that she's being coy and everything like declining the first proposal what no, like and then i'm like no really i'm not and it's like oh oh you really are and like the more she says no the more he's like oh i'm really in with the chance like <laughs> i know right it's it's oh, yeah the bbc yeah. series does way better job than the book and the movie with mr collins and how like how actually creepy that character yeah. Yeah. But then I think that character represents a lot of the men from that era because just like women even for men matrimony was one of the primary ways during the regency era in which men rose in society yeah. because dower yeah. I mean, all women came with a yearly dower it's explained yeah. in the book that like you know he's like oh my status is elevated and of course the next natural thing to do is find myself a wife and ah and he he does the savior thing as well doesn't he and i will um save your family by by kindly marrying one of you i'm going to do you guys a favor not the fact that he's going to literally steal their entire house yeah and and, and his father legitimately fought with mr bingley ah uh, sorry not mr mr bennet his father and mr bennet had some issues 
stemming from his father also being a you know a yeah. problematic person right yeah. and he's like i'm going to kindly save your family from ruin which i am going to cause yeah. <laughs> by inheriting your house where your father dies he even brings that up who does that goes to someone's house and, and says he's considering he's been given this this income by lady catherine and yeah. has this job has and he has a rectory there and everything he doesn't seem needy he's just being greedy Literally, the gentlemanly thing to do would have been it will go to you know well i think it was more complicated than that okay so this gentleman so, thing you know this is this is seriously such a thing like right now comes let's let's see the current social fabric and who would be the gentlemen of the world you know your prince mm-hmm. and princes in the 21st century we have people who want us to call them your majesty yes <laughs> how is that gentlemanly behavior yeah. you are literally I, talking I, I to the leader of a democratic country say the word sarcastically when we're talking about it <laughs> yeah. like seriously like these people they talk to leaders of democratic country and there are like memos send of how you have to behave with them how you have to stand how you have to sit how, how you have to address them and like get fucked you know tick for century so this is how bad it is right now go to 18th century when these people were in full power like they could do whatever and they'd get away with it this is where this book is placed in the fact that lizzie was like no historically unheard of because no actual projected two proposals colin several proposals from one man and one yeah 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 exactly <laughs> colin was quite a few and then darcy right mm. yeah and it was like oh my god this is unheard of and i think that also plays this is where austin's brilliance to me from the very first line that line the wealth line uh, the one we love uh, the one that aged like milk yeah. it is it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife this line literally tells you this book was set in a time way before yours so from the very beginning a lot of the lot of the how do i say problematic messaging that comes through given when the book was written we hop skip over that because i was i was when i was analyzing darcy's wealth this is when it struck me oh no darcy definitely had slaves mm, yeah. and i was like oh that that you know that meme so, song in yeah. my head yeah. oh no oh no oh no 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 <laughs> because oh my god like he is seen as this paragon of uh, uh whatever and then you are like yeah but slave owner and then you are like <laughs> yeah highly problematic exactly and even even austen she she is very casual about these things because it was so common people didn't even think about it that is what it says to me that this level of social fragmenting it was so crazy they didn't need to explain 
it didn't even merit a random line i think lady mary has a nice ring to it yeah yeah Before it does i came on mary i was saying that i was going to put my my name as lady now so then i realized i'm not lady so. i would rather not be a lady like you have to sit a certain way. like there's like there's there's what they say sussex cross and this land and i mean let the women sit however they want these poor women they have to put weights on their skirt because there are pervies who are trying to take photos of their skirt yeah this is this is the reality of the 21st century present day so just imagine what the likes of and i i think these these parallels when i sat and think about it thought about it lizzy walking i i did tell you this lizzy walking on yeah and the dirty petticoat and the sweaty sheen of exercise that's how dancy describes it to himself right yeah the healthy glow of it he liked it he liked it he liked it that's what i'm trying to say like to him this was like oh this animal basically and he's like oh actually actually yeah this is this is new this is new this is authentic this is this is this is a real woman you know she's not like other girls that comes in mm, yeah because as as you mentioned in the chat like darcy was probably used to people throwing themselves at him because of his social structure and wealth yeah and here's this chick that didn't even bother dressing up has mud all over herself is sweaty and the first thing she asks darcy is where's my sister take me to my sister yeah. not oh you nice looking handsome man how are you mm. she's like sister take me to my sister and darcy has that connection with georgie georgiana so i was like yeah that that was i think the turning point for him that was that's when he was like mm, this man has potential yeah agreed great agreement okay so the fact that they come from conflicting worlds and uh, uh represent something that is not generally a part of their social fabric that probably is what and the fact that darcy liked her that rationalization is why we also like yeah. darcy because it's like his better judgment against his better judgment we are like yeah he's liking her judgment <laughs> I have to put weights in my skirt when Mel is around. Whatever that that she that that's the other way round. If I ever wore skirts, which I don't. Does she wear, wear skirts? You don't think she does? More like no, more like Sarah has to when you're around. Yeah, exactly. Her skirt is white. Yeah, yeah. We have to buy birches for Sarah. She apparently likes birches. So there you go. Like what? Birches, those royal shoes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have birches on. I don't know why I lift my leg. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so coming to uh, we've discussed love hate. Then we have discussed Elizabeth's aha moment. We've discussed Darcy's aha moment. I think the final thing is. the fact that they both simultaneously 
shared their pride and prejudice you know they they were both like yeah heck this it makes sense that we both get along so might as well you know get on with it and get along There was a whole, a whole. That's what she said. Thing that I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to. I might freeze or something. It's okay. You know what you can do? Can Can you copy paste it or can you send a photograph of it to to me on Telegram? I can share my screen in the meantime. Yeah. I'll um. I shall try. Okay. So to those of you who are still with us, that's what she said is a very popular trope from. the office where uh, michael scott the american office michael scott goes that's what she said with anything that could vaguely be perceived as like a with something that could have a vague sexual innuendo in there so if i say uh, oh i had a lolly in my mouth michael scott would go oh that's what she said where lolly could be the euphemism for a male phallus okay that's what that's what she said has as a context because office i think has not really caught up as much as friends and how i met your mother has in the indian sitcom consumption era so yeah hold on i'll share my screen you find the that's what she said so we could kill two birds with one stone okay people i'm sharing my screen okay okay screen screen why is screen not going on okay screen has gone on so this is basically the article okay this is going to have all the references and all the citations i have to edit it still and do all the crazy seo like look at that headline score it's so low obviously i'll have to manipulate the headline score or i might leave as it is there are citations for everything there are color differences to like you know show you guys what actually happened or uh, to showcase the confirmation bias all of that there's uh, there's excerpts that kind of make sense to you i think one of the nicest excerpts is how lizzy goes from from the very beginning the first moment i must i may almost say of my acquaintance that you your manners impressing me with the fullest blah 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 uh, you were the last man in the world who i would ever be prevailed on to marry she goes from this to i love him indeed he has no improper pride he is perfectly amiable you do not know what he really is then pray do not pain me by speaking of him in such terms so she goes from insulting the crap out of him mm. to going how dare you insult my sweet bebe yeah <laughs> and yeah all this i still haven't written but i will write it up and as soon as i publish it i'll notify you guys like i have see as you can see there's no this is how writers work they make notes and then they add the blah blah in it to make it seem uh, interesting So this is this is the best part I really love this line they walked on without knowing in what direction there was too much to be thought and felt and said for attention to any other objects and i'm like oh that's so cute did you find that that's what she said yeah yeah i've already sent it, sent it to you on telegram okay okay hold on 
I got a compliment. Yay! Thank you, Miri. Compliment from a friend is like that Obama meme. You know where two Obamas are putting a medal on it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read it out. Okay, the happiness anticipated by Catherine and Lydia depended less on any single event or any particular person. For though they each, like Elizabeth, meant to dance half the evening with Mr. Wickham, he was by no means the only partner who could satisfy them. And a ball was, at any rate, a ball. Okay, yeah, so I'm gonna. <laughs> it's the last line that. A ball was, <laughs> at any rate, a ball. This is going to be the banner for the rest of the live, however long we keep it on. <laughs> and that's a classic. That's what she said. Oh, I know. That's what yes. she said and all the way back then. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's sometimes when I read uh, some of these older books where, you know, English was rudimentary in that it had very predominant French and Greek roots and it had not adapted the way that it has right now where words like nice actually meant precise some sentences just baffle the heck out of me because you're like what is this trying to say because in my head nice means good and in the book nice means precise and you're like so a lot of that, what that's what she says happens that way because some words like, oh my God, they, they bounced around gaily with the soldiers. And my head goes, oh, that has different connotations these days because that word now means something else. And yay, Pride, Pride Month. So <laughs> it's like the joys of time. Time lets you have jokes at its expense. Yeah. And there are not many instances with this book though, but there you go. You found it. <clears throat> a ball was at any rate. <laughs> I just literally turns the whole passage into there's this there's this there. device. Okay, there's this device called orchidometer. I had to, because I work in healthcare, I used to anyway, uh, I had to write descriptions of an orchidometer. An orchidometer is like a tube with different shapes, round shapes attached on it. And it is used to measure the size of male testicles. And that was explained to me on a Zoom call. And I'm going like this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be so unprofessional throughout this whole thing. Because they are literally just remembering it is giving me flashbacks because, oh my God, Mel, I swear I suppressed my laughter so hard, I farted a little bit. Because I was, I was going like this, like, do not laugh. Do not. I, I'm, I'm so tense. I'm tensed up, and like my part is like, yeah, I need some escape. And it was like, Queen. 
I was literally laughing out of my ass because if I laughed out of my face, the medical professional in front of me would obviously be like, she laughs at testicles. How mature is that? But I'm like, you are literally holding like a lot of, you know, and it was pink. Oh my god, I, I can't believe I forgot to tell you about this. But yeah, <laughs> more you know. Now it's for everyone to know. So I think, uh, did we miss anything out with Darcy? Anyone in the comments, do you guys have anything else to add to Darcy? If we have anyone with us still, besides Miri, uh, Anisha and Pritha. Awkward silence, which is Darcy and Lizzie sitting in a room, falling in love. Yeah. <laughs> which one of you you think would be the best? Being able to sit in silence and not have to. Oh, that's yeah, like... me. That's one of the things that, that we say, isn't it? When we're on Zoom together. Yeah. And like, there's long silence, and I'm like, oh, sorry. Sorry for the silence, and you're always like, yeah, it's fine, it's not awkward. It's the natural pool. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you are. Anisha is actually somebody who has been helping me with improving the metrics of my blog because I was like, I refuse to sell out with all this keyword stuffing and all this garbage where, you know, everything is listicles, and I'm like, that's not why I own my platform. And Anisha was like, don't worry. We will do this organically and uh, I will help you. And she has she has been so forthcoming in helping me with the same. And her advice is uh, working because I'm seeing organic growth happen like that. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So thank you so much, Anisha. And sounds of silence. I think that is, this is one thing I really appreciate about Pride and Prejudice. And maybe this is a controversial opinion. I think actual love is about appreciating silence because you cannot continuously keep charming someone for the rest of your life. If your relationship is based on charm, like say for instance, you have a charming continence. Yeah, char charm is deception really when you think about it. Yeah. You're like literally trying to, to deceive someone into agreeing to spend the rest of their life with you. I, I won't say deceive. I would say, like, you know, take, use a temporary thing to cause permanence. Not, not necessarily, like, consciously, like, with yeah, intention. Yeah. But it is, because it's like, it is, oh, it is. On, on your best behavior, yeah. try and do what, what, what you have to do to, you know, attract them or whatever that you know, is an effort or whatever. And then once you've got them, oh, this is the real me that you find your life away to. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I think that, that that's what I appreciate. The fact that they had silence as the theme for romance, because I think that's what real relationships ultimately become. You can't keep yapping every day morning to night or whenever you have free time it becomes annoying very quickly like someone is not letting you think not giving you your space you can't sit in silence for more than two seconds without it becoming 
you don't love me anymore you know yeah so i think the fact that <laughs> the fact that this was highlighted as the predominant reason they fell in love which is they could they could you know kind of interpret each other's silences there was like this mm. accidental mm. chemistry which was going on well, completely well, that's like the complete opposite of what her dad and her mum have oh my god having to run off to his study his own place of solace and he teases her so much god the way mr bennett roasts <laughs> mrs bennett you know, i know but do you know what he is actually one of my favorite characters in the book i think he's so funny except okay. for, you know he's obviously a crap parent <laughs> and um he literally slights all his other children yeah but see that that's that's the love story that i don't actually get in that it's like like what made him be with her and marry her and everything i know and i know it's obviously it's a, from the author's perspective it's like not necessarily as much thought goes into that you know it's it's but it's the comedy isn't it yeah but no it's just, yeah it's interesting i literally see mr story there <laughs> their love story that no but i have seen many mr and mrs uh, mr and mrs bennets in in like my surroundings before we go to that something that anisha points out is also very true the verse is having to talk to and be in a good mood as soon as you wake up uh, with 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 darcy lizzie could probably go shut up fuck up and let me and he'd be like yeah i i like that idea way more than you know talking to you early in the morning <laughs> i'd rather go jump in a random lake and that's exactly what he'll do <laughs> but yeah coming to mr and mrs bennet so a lot of people from my parents generation i won't say all but a lot were arranged married right most of them were married off before they hit 20 so <laughs> before you have the wherewithal yeah. to understand what marriage is they were like carted off and by the time they are 21 they have a kid in their arms so it's even too yeah. late to you know do things yeah. so what mr and mrs bingley have to me makes a lot of sense it's a marriage of convenience Oh, Mrs. Bingley brought a lot of wealth, you know. When she, uh, why do I keep saying Bingley? Bennett. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Bennett. Mrs. Bennett brought a lot of wealth yeah, into the yeah. family. She, yeah. That's the dower. Her own own inheritance, didn't she? And Mr. Bennett had like a tiny estate. Yeah. And they tried to have sons. but then she was not able to and then they had to stop right so they have what could safely be described as a relationship of convenience but they are peacefully coexisting along and i have seen this all around me for years yeah. like you can see the hatred seep from the pores of their of like couples like yeah if we did not have kids i would not be with you you can see that energy <laughs> on people yeah So they are still together, and most of them do die together. 
so it's what a life gosh what a life i'm telling you a lot of modern india is built on the broken dreams of their parents no joke the kind of sacrifices these people made to kind of you know lift the country the way that they have this is no like indoctrination or something like that speaking this is genuine neutral analysis the kind of life that our parents had it was just sad the way they still live with the consequences of that life this is why asian parents are so obsessed with their kids literally what holds their sanity <laughs> it's 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 an overall sad situation but that's exactly what i see in mr and mrs penet because what else are they going to talk about they have nothing in common nothing whatsoever and that's the reality of opposites attract attract <laughs> it's it's yeah this is this is why you know this is why there's a demarcation between fiction and fi- non fiction in that you read fiction and enjoy it you learn from non fiction so if we use fiction to learn things it's like don't make a sub- surprised pikachu face when you learn the yeah. things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah but that i forgot to mention this uh, i think uh, this point reminded me jane austen she knows her characters as well as she knows her readers i mean throughout reading the book this is what i felt like uh, mm. with with certain books you can feel like this book is written for the author by the author but with this book you feel that it was written by the author for the readers like she knew just the right tools of manipulation to use mm. to kind of you in yeah. she anchored us so well to the plot like three volumes this this romance is literally such a slow burn because like most love hate relationships which you know transform like that this one transforms so slowly three volumes so many chapters mm. and you read all of it multiple times mm-hmm. and you still love it despite being critical for it for one and a half hour now yeah <laughs> yeah no but so it, that speaks for the series so sort of um dissect psychology behind it and you know recognize yeah you know, trickery mm-hmm. is calling me and yeah. you know i'm human <clears throat> i'm human yeah my emotions get फोन Yeah. So, do you think we missed anything out, or do we exit this uh, at the one thirty mark? Yeah. 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 
Okay, fantastic. Anyone in the comments wants to add something? Now you have one minute to go uh, and uh, put it whatever it is you want to say. The comment sections will anyway be open. The comment sections on the blog will also be open. I'd like to thank Mel Cyril for coming today. Thank you so much, Mel, for being amazing. Uh, if you guys aren't connected or aren't following her already, do so. Uh, she's going to share some amazing things about her writing journey in the coming few days. Okay. I'm going to All kick right. you in the ass if you don't. Okay. Hashtag accountability. Yes. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me. And Mel, you can leave. I'm just going to play some stupid videos if you want. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to play the thank you video. That's what I'm going to play. Bye. Thank you for joining us.